Welcome to the Husband Factory Podcast. I'm the host and founder, Makita Kamara Omensa. Join me here every week where I help single women meet good men and enjoy great marriages using proven faith-based principles. Now, here's today's episode. Hello, welcome to another exciting edition of the Husband Factory Podcast. I'm so grateful to be here with you today. And guess what? Do you know what today is? It's my anniversary. I am celebrating six years of marriage with Mr. Famo Mensa, and we are so happy and so in love and so grateful to God for what he's done in our marriage and so grateful to God for bringing us together. So I thought it would be really cool if I could tell you six things I've learned in six years of marriage. So today makes six years of marriage for us. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about some of the things I've learned. So let's get started. So number one, and these are not in any particular order. It's not like one is more important than the other, okay? I just uh, decided to sit down and reflect on the past six years, all the things I've learned. I've grown. He's grown. The marriage has grown. We've grown even as friends. We've grown as lovers. We've grown as individuals. We've grown as a couple. We've grown as a unit trying to serve God. So we've grown in so many ways. So there's a lot to be learned about marriage. So number one, I would say one of the things is that it's better to have peace at home than to be right. Now, I know you may be thinking, oh, well, you know, if you're anything like me, you kind of don't think that you're going to fight when you get married. There's degrees of fighting, right? There's some people that throw TVs when they fight. There's some couples that, you know, the man sleeps on the couch or, you know, one of them leaves the house. Yeah, you don't need to have that kind of fighting. But you will have disagreements, right? You will have arguments. You will have see things differently, right? So when I say it's better to have peace than home than to be right, is that there are some things you kind of have to choose your battles. There are some things that is not worth fighting about. There are some things that are not worth creating attention in your home about. You know, your home should be a place of peace. Your home should be a place where the spirit of God dwells. You should have the presence of God living in your house. You should feel, you know, that feeling when you're in church where you feel so light and so free and so joyful. Like even if you come to church mad or you come to church sad or you come to church exhausted, by the time you get there, praise has started or worship has started or you've heard an, an encouraging word or something, you feel different. So that's how your home should feel. You can have any kind of atmosphere you want in your house. You don't have to have an atmosphere of tension. You don't have to have an atmosphere of discord in your house. You can have a beautiful atmosphere in your house, but you have to do it on purpose. You have to make the decision that that's what you want. So you can have a great atmosphere in your house. So why have tension when you don't need to? It's better to be at peace than to be right. If you have a disagreement with your husband, and it's not a do or die affair, and it's not something that you're very passionate about, just let it go. You don't have to prove that you're right, okay? And part of that is that knowing, and this is number two, you guys are on the same team. Now, when you first get married, it's kind of hard to figure that out. Of course, you have the lovey-dovey aspect of that you guys are living together. And, you know, especially if you didn't live together before marriage, it's exciting, you know, to start living together. You're in the same house. You see each other every morning. All those things are really exciting. But some of the things that don't quite make it to you feeling like you're on the same team is your money. 
the way you do things, you have to realize that you guys are on the same team. So you have to consult your husband or you have to consult him when you want to do certain things. And sometimes you don't think about it, especially if you are single for a long time. Me, I, like I always say, I, I got married when I was 35. So by then I'd already owned my own home. Uh, you know, I had my career. I was used to living by myself. I was used to, you know, going to the grocery store when I wanted, doing things when I wanted, getting what I wanted. You know, I was just used to a certain way that I handled my finances, a certain way that I paid my bills. And, you know, when you get married, you have to realize that you're on the same team with this person. So you have to consider them and you have to not just consider them, but you have to realize that every decision you make affects them. And you have to make your decisions on purpose because you guys are one team. You can't, you know, when, especially if you're a professional woman or when you're single, you kind of have this mapped out plan for your life and you don't realize it but you kind of do you kind of have a mapped out plan for your future for your career and all that stuff but you can't really live like that once you get married once you get married all of your decisions you kind of need to let him know about it and you kind of kind of have to have his buy-in because you're on the same team and it doesn't mean that he's not going to support it but it certainly means that you need to know what he thinks about it and that's it's important what he thinks about it you know his sweatpants are yours and his bank account is yours and guess what your hopes and dreams are his so you need to communicate those things you need to let him know and you can't another thing about you being on the same team is that you cannot look at your husband like if he makes a bad decision like oh that's on him oh that's that's it that's his problem no honey it's gonna affect you there's no decision that he makes that doesn't affect you there's nothing that he does that doesn't affect you. There's nothing that you do that doesn't affect him. So if he decides to, you know, get mad at work and quit his job without finding another one first, you can't say, oh, he makes stupid decisions. Um, Guess what? Those stupid decisions that, as you call them, affect you as well. You guys are on one team. You can't decide you know, that you're going to, you're having a bad day and you just need some retail therapy and you going to go shop until you drop. Unless you have separate bank accounts, you can't really decide that because guess what? It affects you. Now, when I say separate bank accounts, what some couples do, and this is kind of what we do too, is that you have a joint accounts that you use for bills. And then each of you have separate accounts that you it's your play money you know you know when you do your budget at the beginning of the month or if your bills stay the same you don't need to do it every month but if you do your budget at the beginning of the month and you're like okay this is how much every each person needs to contribute to this joint account so each person contributes what they want and everything else is is for yourself so if you want to go to victoria's secret or if you want to go out with your girlfriends or you want to you know, do whatever you want. You have your own money to do it. It's not It's not something you need to ask him about. So that's how you can kind of keep your autonomy there. But at the same time, you guys also have some things that you share. So, so just make sure that the things that you share, you remember that you're on the same team. So that's number two, okay? Number three is that you have to keep dating each other. It is, life gets so busy. I always say that, as you're single now is the least busy you'll ever be. Once you get married, your busyness increases like nobody's business. And you wouldn't think that it would, but it really does. You think you're so busy now with school and work and, you know, 
whatever it is you're doing. But guess what? When you get married, it's going to be even more busier and you're going to have to make a concerted effort, a real effort to spend time with your spouse and to keep dating each other. Now, they keep dating each other. One of the easiest ways to do it is just a, a weekly date night and a weekly date night that doesn't change whether you guys feel like going out or not, whether you feel like doing anything or not. Just keep that date, that appointment with each other. It's like an appointment with each other, because guess what? After you're when you guys get older, when the kids grow up, if you guys have kids or decide to have kids, you're going to be back with each other. So you don't want to lose touch with the person or after you've reached certain certain financial goals or certain career goals or even ministry goals. After you've reached those goals, you do not want to be living with a stranger. You don't want to be living with somebody you're not even in love with anymore. And because you guys don't know each other anymore. So you want to keep dating each other. So that's number three. Number four. Oh, gosh. You have to become a master in the art of communication. Oh, gosh. (laughs) This one and the money one deserve podcast episodes all by themselves. And I will do one. But you have got to be an expert when it comes to communicating with men. Oh, my goodness. They do not. What's the best way to get it? Men see things differently. I'm going to put it that way. And they communicate differently. When a man communicates with a woman, what he's trying to or with anyone for that matter, what they're trying to do is they're trying to look for a solution. Men are fixers. Have you ever noticed that men fight, fight, fight? They can fight like you may see them on a basketball court, like fighting, yelling, screaming, and then like at the end of the game, they're like, good game, man, you know, you, you know, and they and they go off. They're fine. And they never think about what happened again. They will never, ever think about that altercation they had on the basketball court. It, it would never come up again. And I just use basketball court. But have you ever seen men fight like two minutes later? They're friends again. And they're really, really friends again. You know, if that happens between two women, we are going to be celebrating the 26th year that this girl did that to me. You know, we're going to be like what you did to me in 1975. You know, I will never forget what she did to me on June 4th, 1975. That's how women women are. We hold on to things. But, you know, I asked my husband about it. He said it's because men deal with issues. They don't deal with a person. When a man is fighting with another man, he's fighting with a man based on the issue. Like this is what happened. He's not attacking the man as a person. He's not attacking the man's character. So that's why men can just, you know, fight with each other and make up just like that. And, and, and not just make up, oh, because you know, women can make up and then, you know, we still remember it. (laughs) It's like, okay, I forgive you because I don't want to go to hell. And the Bible says I should forgive you, but I won't forget. You know, that's how women see things. But men, they can forget. They're done. Once, once they, you know, they're done fighting, they're done. So I'm saying all that to tell you is that your husband communicates differently. So don't think that your husband is like you. He's not like you. He's nothing like you. (laughs) You know, he's nothing like you. When you're communicating, you want to be heard. You want somebody to relate to what you're saying. You want somebody to hear you. You want somebody to understand you. But when your husband's listening to you, he's like, okay, so what do I fix? What does she need fixed? What's the solution here? And most times we're not looking for a solution. So when you have that in mind, you'll be more careful when you communicate with your husband. 
Because what's going to happen a lot of times is you're going to be disappointed in his response and you're going to be wishing that he would be like more cuddly and, oh, you know, that kind of thing when he's going to be like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. And with him saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. He thinks he's helping because he is designed to fix things. That's what he does. He's designed, God designed them that way to be fixers. So he's like, okay, you brought me a problem. I'm going to give you a solution. And you're like, no, I brought you a problem. I want your encouragement. I want your love. I want your tenderness. I want your understanding. Or I just want you to sit there and listen and really hear me. They don't see that. So you need to, that brings me to number five. Men cannot read minds. I mean, they really can't read minds. Things that are so obvious to you. Oh my goodness. They don't get it. Let me, let me tell you a funny story about my husband and myself. It's kind of funny, but I feel kind of stupid about it too. But anyway, listen, I have to stop using that word stupid, but listen. So One day, my husband was like, oh, so I'm going to the grocery store. What do you need? So I just told him three things, right? Because I wasn't, you know, I was in the middle of something else. So I just told him three things to get. And then halfway when he was, when he left the house, I was thinking to myself, oh, you know what? We also need milk and eggs and this. And then I was like, I should call him. And I was like, no, that's fine. By the time he gets to the grocery store, because I pretty much have memorized all the grocery stores that we go to. I memorized the aisles. Like I know where certain things are. So I was saying to myself, when he gets the rice, he'll see the bread. When he gets the milk, he'll see the eggs. You know, there are a few other things that I needed, but I was like, but when he gets to that aisle, he'll know that we need this thing because he, him himself, he knows that we need it because he's mentioned it. Oh, you know, we're out of bread or we're out of juice or we're out of this. Right. So that's what I was thinking, foolishly thinking in my head that my husband, once he gets to the grocery store, he'll when he sees certain food in the same aisle where he's at, that he'll know that we need them. Do you know that man came back with exactly the three things that I asked him to? I just shook my head at myself. I didn't say anything to him because I knew I was a crazy one for thinking that, oh, when he goes to the bread aisle, he'll auto- when he goes to the rice aisle, he'll automatically remember that we need bread. When he sees the bread, he'll know, oh, yeah, we need bread and he'll pick it up. Nope, he sure didn't. Those exactly the three things I told him to get is exactly what he came back with. So that what am I trying to tell you by number five? Men really cannot read minds. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you need emotionally. Tell him what you need sexually. Tell him what when you're married, people. Tell him what you need as far as the relationship. What do what do, what do you need? What what can he do for you? You know, if there's a certain way that you feel about something, you need to let him know. Don't expect that he's mean. He's not mean. And he's not trying to be neglectful. He really doesn't know what you want. You need to tell him. He did not grow up in the same house with you. He did not grow up in the same way that you grew up. He grew up in a totally different house with different parents. So he, and even even you and your siblings, you and your siblings grew up in the same house with the same parents. Aren't you guys different? Don't you guys kind of don't understand each other? So communicate with him. Tell him what you need. Tell him what's important to you. And make sure you tell him in a way that he doesn't feel beaten up. He doesn't feel like you're attacking him. Let him know from your perspective not what he does but tell him it would help me if you were to do this or it would merely make me feel glad if you were to do this something that I like is when you do this something that I would love for you to do is that something like that you know tell him based on you not based on him okay that's number five 
And I will do another podcast episode on communication and marriage because it's huge. The, the number one reason that marriages break up is money. And number two is communication. It really matters. You know, like people can be in love, but they're saying two different things and, they, and they're not hearing each other. So it's really it's a very serious issue. You have to become a student of how to communicate with, with the opposite sex. Number six. So out of the six things I've learned in six years of marriage, number six is R-E-S-P. P-E-C-T, find out what it means to him. What does respect mean to your particular husband? Now, I've done an up podcast episode already on respect. I'm going to put it the episode in the in the description box. But I want you to understand that respect is the most important thing. And the reason why I said what does it mean to him is because every man is different. I know we tend to group men together like all men are the same, but they really are. Every man is different. And you need to know what respect means to your own husband. If your husband tells you, I don't feel respected when you do that, you need to pay attention. Now, when I got married, my husband used to tell me he didn't feel respected by me. And I I couldn't understand it because I'm like, what? I didn't get it. And so one day I got some great advice from my pastor's wife. She said, ask him how you can help him feel respected, what you can do differently for him to feel respected. And when he tells you, don't say anything, don't defend yourself, don't say, oh, that's not what I meant. Don't say anything. Just take notes and say thank you very much and then do what he tells you because it doesn't matter what you think respect should be or how you think you should show respect to him. Maybe your idea of showing respect to him is, you know, bringing his food or maybe your idea of showing respect to him is, you know, talking to him a certain way, you know, talking to him in a cuddly, loving way. But that may not be what he thinks. And actually, most men don't consider those things as respect, you know. So, one of the things my husband told me was that if I don't take his advice, he considers that as a disrespect. And I was like, what? You know, <laughs> I'm like, OK, you have you gave me advice. I, you know, I'm my own person. I get to choose my, what I want to do. But he told me what mattered to him. So now when he gives me advice, I show him, number one, that I heard his advice. Number two, that I value his advice. And number three, if it's not going to be something that it's, you know, against who I am in my nature or against God's word or something like that, I take his, I take his advice or something that I have a feeling that it's not a good idea. I take his advice and it's, it makes a difference because that's what matters to him. So find out your particular guy that you married, find out what respect means to him. And this is after marriage because before marriage, we don't care, right? If we don't have a ring, we don't care. So, I want you to imagine a beautiful marriage. Not every marriage, not all couples fight. You know, not all couples are going through it. You know, a lot of people say, and it is true that the first three years can be the hardest. And it is true for a lot of people, but that doesn't have to be your story. Your first three years can be a great adventure for the two of you. You know, your first three years can be just wonderful. You guys getting to know each other, loving each other, falling deeper in love each other every day, serving God together, doing great things together. Your first three years can be amazing. So imagine having a wonderful life and you can have it. You just have to obey some principles. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and um, learning about the six things I've learned in six years of marriage. You have a wonderful day. Take care. I'm sure you got a lot out of today's episode. Don't forget to share. And guess what? The conversation doesn't have to end here. Hop online to www.husbandfactory.com to subscribe to my VIP newsletter. 
Just scroll to the bottom of any page and you'll see the button there. Remember, all the great love stories you've ever heard, out of all of them, yours is going to be the best. Can't wait to hear it. See you next week.